Well, if you're doing the highest priority actions on a daily basis, the executive center is also called the gratitude center in neurology. So you automatically see things on the way, not in the way when you're in that mode. You also are productive and you end up getting a lot done in a day because you're living by priority. And so there's a vast list that you can start to accumulate on things you're grateful for in a day. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. This is the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build passive wealth, build financial independence by investing in Main Street, investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Dr. John Demartini. And I think this is really one of the more important podcasts that we've done for defining your goals and then reaching them. And this is really about the daily habits to change your life, understand your values, understand what's important to you so that you can operate at the highest level and achieve those goals over the long term. There are a lot of important strategies, bits of knowledge, or, or really chunks, big, big chunks of knowledge to apply to your psychology and your daily behaviors to help propel you to those long-term goals. Dr. Demartini is a teacher that helps a lot of people, helps people all over the world with this type of uh, education and advice. And he has created for himself a huge stream of uh, passive income, a really enormous. It enables him to live at sea when he wants to. And he's going to tell you a little bit about that today. He lives on a boat, which is really awesome on a luxury uh, luxury boat. You're, you're going to learn about it, but it's really incredible. He's created a lot for himself and a lot for others. And for my personal, you know, experience, my own personal real estate investing journey, I didn't really, I didn't start to make progress and start to do deals until I started understanding a lot of these things that John is going to teach you. Dr. D. Martini, excuse me, is going to teach you about today. And I am optimistic that following this conversation. I picked up even more that's going to help take me to that next level and do more deals because I've got big goals, big things in the works right now. And I need every little bit that I can get to achieve those goals faster and get even more done once those are those are achieved. So I'm sure this conversation will help you as well in your journey to escape the Wall Street casino and build more passive wealth as a real estate investor. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a quick second. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's very much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. It helps me feel good because I get to see that you guys are engaging with the content you're learning from our guests and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with the rest of us here at the show. If you haven't yet, and you're listening on your favorite podcast app, you, no matter what it is, look up the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, hit that subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you don't know yet, we haven't met. I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Like I said, my real estate investing journey didn't really start to progress or take off and, and really improve until I started understanding some of these things this years ago. Okay. And right now I'm at a point where 
got so many big goals, so many big things in the works. And I'm optimistic. I'm very confident and grateful that this conversation with Dr. John Martini is going to help me move further. And I'm also confident that if you stick with us and you learn from these lessons, this, this education will help you as well. Appreciate you being here. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Without any further ado, here we go with Dr. John Martini. Dr. John Martini, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited to talk with you. Like I said before we hit record, I've been following you on Instagram for a little while, and it's really awesome to be seeing your face on Zoom rather than on a phone screen. So that's a great honor. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your background, can you tell us about what you do? And then we're going to dive into topic we're going to discuss today. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I am a teacher, I guess you could say it. I, I love researching. I love writing. I love teaching. Uh, November will be 49 years I've been doing it. And anything to do with human behavior, anything with maximizing human awareness potential and the involvement of achievement, I've been fascinated by. And that leads me to almost any field. And I had the opportunity to speak to all different types of people from governments to companies to individuals to sports teams to education teams. So I'm just a, a researcher, writer, traveler most of the time, although COVID has had a little bit of a difference on that. And um, I just travel and teach. And I write a lot of books and do a lot of film and interviews. Well, I mean, you sure do. And we were talking a bit about your your lifestyle and what you do uh, and you know all of that before we hit record. For our listeners, you know, can you tell us about once you're done here, you have some pretty exciting plans in the near future. What is that? What is that you're going to be doing? It's, it's amazing. Like I say, I do mostly teaching. So most every day I'm doing podcasts or webinars or presentations or consulting or some form of sharing and teaching. I've been in a COVID mode for a while, I think like a lot of people, but I'm returning finally to my home. I, I live on a ship that goes around the world and um, called the world. It's a condominium ship. And I'll finally get back on, get home, I guess you could say. But I've been staying in hotels. And if I'm not on the ship, I'm in a hotel usually. And I used to have a bunch of homes. I had 11 homes at one time, but I've sold all those. My wife passed away. I didn't really have to. She was, uh, I guess you could say, I'm a Sagittarian. She was a Cancer, and she liked to have a house wherever she went. And I'm more free-spirited, so I don't need all that. But um, I I just travel and teach. That's my favorite thing to do. And I love doing it, helping people do extraordinary things with their lives. Well, it's amazing that you've you know created that that level of abundance and prosperity to be able to to live the lifestyle you want. I'm sorry for the reason uh, that that got you there. You know your wife's passing, but uh, it's it's amazing nonetheless what you've accomplished. And and today I wanted to discuss you. You have a number of topics that you teach on, and I wanted to discuss with you while we have you daily habits to change your life because I think uh, you know we we kind of lose sight of our daily behaviors when we're setting long-term goals. We get so excited about the distant future and we forget about changing what we're doing right now to make that happen. So let's dive into that and talk about daily habits that can change your life. Okay, great. Every human being, regardless of gender, age, or culture, lives moment by moment by a set of priorities, a set of values, things that are most to least important in their life. Could call it a hierarchy of values. And anytime you are filling your day with that which is highest on your value, the very highest value. You are spontaneously inspired to act. This is where you'll excel. This is where you will expand your space and time horizons. This is where you'll do the greatest achievements and wake up the emergent leader that sits maybe dormant in some of the, some of the individuals. But anytime you do something low in the values, 
it becomes more extrinsic, less intrinsic, and you require motivation to get you to do things. So the first thing on a daily basis to ask yourself, what exactly is the highest priority thing I can do this moment? The very highest priority action I can do that will help me fulfill what is most deeply important and meaning and inspiring and productive that serves the ever greater number of people in the most effective and efficient way with the resources you have that day. That question is a very vital question to master your life and become a master of destiny, not a victim of history. Second thing is to don't allow yourself to do low priority things because anytime you do something lower in your priority, you'll devalue yourself, which will affect your wealth potential and your overall health potential. And to surround yourself with people that are inspired and congruent with the job responsibilities you don't delegate, to liberate yourself from the bondage of weighing yourself down and allowing yourself to go on and do what is truly most meaningful and inspiring. You won't live an inspired life doing low party things. So that is an accountability that a master of life will want to master. And then you want to metric your actions and refine them on a daily basis, because if you really have a goal and intention that is truly meaningful, you want to metric your daily actions to see how you can refine your daily actions and ask what worked and what didn't work and how do I do it more effectively and efficiently tomorrow. And you also want to make sure that you are caring enough about humanity to look for the biggest problems that humanity is facing that you would love with your skills and what's meaningful to you, what's inspiring to you that you can fulfill. Because fulfillment is directly proportionate to how well you sustainably, with fair exchange, exchange service and get rewarded for it in a way that you make a difference in the world. Deeply inside, we all want to make a difference. We can't do that by conforming and fitting in and diluting ourselves with low priority actions. We do it by being an unborrowed visionary, standing on, on the shoulders of giants with highest priority actions. You know, Gary Keller said it, I lectured his company. I, he said that, uh, you know, find that one thing. Mine is teaching, but finding that one thing and giving yourself permission to shine in that area and have expertise in that area and delegate everything else and increase the job opportunities and the overall economy by delegation and allowing you to extract surplus labor value, give job opportunities, become more efficient and have more fuel and energy to go on and do the thing that is most meaningful that serves the greatest number of people with your skills. Those are three things that are wise to do. And then of course, the last thing is to document what you got to achieve each day with a gratitude statement. I have the largest collection of gratitude of anybody ever met. And I was born on Thanksgiving Day, and I thought that was a metaphor. And I do believe that if you're grateful for what you have, you get more to be grateful for. I believe we live in an abundant universe uh, with lots of opportunity. And those that are grateful are more awakened. And people who live by their highest value, because the pulmonary nuclei and the thalamus automatically filters and gates sensory and motor actions according to what we value. Uh, we maximize our potential and synchronize the events and people, places, things, ideas, and events to help us synchronize the greatest, most extraordinary achievements by doing things by priority and saying no to anything less. Do you want direct access to passive commercial real estate investments, including apartments, self-storage, medical facilities, hotels, and even more? CrowdStreet has you covered. They provide access to a wide variety of commercial real estate syndications for accredited investors. Over 520 deals have been closed through the platform, and investors have placed over $2.1 billion, that's billion with a B, in those deals. Go to PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash CrowdStreet to get started, or click the link in the show notes. 
See the CrowdStreet platform for full terms and conditions of what they offer. Once again, that's PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash CrowdStreet to get started. Wow. Well, there's so much there. And one of the things you said early on is focusing on high and low value and if you or, and learning what your high versus low value is. And when you're working on like low value, spending a lot of time on low value tasks, then motivation becomes so important. And that in particular, I think is is very relevant to a lot of our lives where there might be something we don't want to do. You know, somebody, if you're, say, if you're needing to work out more often or something like that, if it's not a high value to you, if you don't perceive the value in it, then you might need to feel motivated to go do it. But for me, I have a fitness activity that I love to do. It's my favorite thing to do, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I need no motivation to go to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I need motivation to not go to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I think that speaks to the value there. So can you tell us more about the the importance of understanding the high and low value task, especially as it relates to, to motivation? Because I think that's such an important topic and people overvalue the idea of motivation and undervalue value. Well, motivation is a symptom, never a solution for humanity. If you require outside extrinsic motivation, incentive, or reminding to do something, what you're doing is not the highest priority thing you can be doing. The highest priority thing is something that you spontaneously, intrinsically do. The executive center in the forebrain, the media prefrontal cortex, has uh, fibers that go from that region down into the associative cortex and spontaneously fires off actions when it's deeply meaningful to us. We don't need to be reminded. I don't need to be reminded to teach. You don't need to be reminded to do your jiu-jitsu. So whatever that is, that's where we excel. And that's been known for centuries. I mean, Aristotle talked about his the telos, which Napoleon Hill called the chief aim. Ed Tellison called it the primary objective. Finding out what that is. And maybe I can share a tip on how they can identify that. On my website, drdmartini.com, there's a complimentary, free, private value determination process and it's basically 13 questions. It's asking you, um, what exactly do you feel your space, your personal and intimate space? Your intimate space in proxemics is about a foot and a half. Your personal space is about four feet. If you look, anything that's really valuable to you, you keep within that space. Anything that's not, you want out of your space. So you look at what you dominate in that space where you spend most of your time. That tells you what you value. Uh, obviously in front of a computer most of the day for me. So my computer is where I can teach, research, write. It's all right there. So it's right there. That's a priority to me. The second thing is time. You make time, find time, spend time on things that are valuable to you. You run out of time for things that aren't. Look at, if you're a drone looking down on you and look at how you spend your time spontaneously, you'll find out what is valuable to you. And there'll be a reiteration of those answers if you're honest. The third one is what energizes you. Your energy goes up when you're doing high priority things and it goes down when you're doing low priority things. You got more energy at the end of the day when you got onto high priority things than when you started. And if you're doing low priority things, you're drained. You're designed that way because it's a feedback from your physiology to let you know you're not being authentic and your authentic ontology is your highest value. Whoever, whatever's highest on your value, your identity revolves around. Mine's teacher. Number four is money. You make money, spend money, find money, get money for things that are valuable to you but you don't want to spend money on things that you devalue. So look at where your money's going. You know, I have a value on wealth building. So mo most of my money goes into investments and buying assets, but different people have different values and there's no right or wrong value in the world. Everybody's needed, but look carefully at what you value and how your money is flowing. Cause 
the hierarchy of your values is dictating your financial destiny. And if you don't have a value on buying assets, you're probably buying consumables that depreciate in value and wondering why you can't get ahead. You become a slave to money instead of its master. Number four, uh, number five, pardon me, is um, what is it that you have the most order and organization around? Where are you most organized in your life? You bring order to things that are valuable to you. You don't get around to doing it. You have missing information and disorder and entropy around things that are low in value. The next one is what is your, where are you most disciplined and reliable and focused? If you have to be motivated, it's not priority to you. Where are you spontaneously inspired to act and nobody has to remind you to do it and you stay focused on it? That's an indicator of what you value. The next one is what do you think about? And the next one is what are you visualizing? And the next one is what are you internally dialoguing with yourself about, about how you would love your life to be <clears throat> that's showing evidence of coming true. If there's no evidence and it's not what you want, you don't write it. But if you look at what your life is showing evidence of achieving that you want, that's a sign of high value. And the next one is, what is it you converse with other people about most? What do you keep wanting to bring the conversation to? People come up to you and said, how's your kids? Or how's your golf game? Or how's your investments? Or how's your health? They want to talk about what's important to them. What do you engage in and can talk all night about? That tells you what you value. The next one is, what inspires you and brings tears of inspiration to the eyes? Or when you meet individuals that excel at something that brings tears to your eyes, that really inspire you. What's common to them? There's a pattern. Mine have been great thinkers, the great philosophers, Nobel Prize winners, the great people have contributed intellectually to the planet. And so that's obviously what inspires me. And I love learning and sharing it with information and with people. So what exactly inspires you? What's common to the people inspire? The next one is, what are the three most consistent, persistent goals that you're pursuing that you're achieving that have been long-term that are actually manifesting? Not fantasies, but things that are real that are happening that you're building momentum on and achieving uh, and escalating the outcome of. And the last one is, what do you love to study about, read about, learn about, watch on YouTube and videos about most? What do you want to feed your mind? We're thirsty to want to learn what's important to us. If we answer each of those 13 questions, three answers, 39 answers each, and write honestly and integrally the answers, not what we think it should be, ought to be, supposed to be, got to be, have to be, must, need to be from external sources, from some authorities that we've subordinated to, not something we need to conform to the mores or traditions or conventions, but what exactly is it we literally spontaneously love doing? And get those answers. The one answer that keeps repeating the most, second most, and third most will be the top three values. And the number one, your life identity will revolve around and your mission in life will be revolved around. And that knowing your mission and knowing what you're really committed to, knowing the calling, the metier, the real primary objective that you focus on so you can concentrate and delegate uh, anything less. Uh, it liberates you to do something extraordinary on this planet. And so, yeah, the value determination process, it's on my website. It can help you. It's private. You can do it as many times as you want. But the more you're honest, the more concise it'll be, the more you can structure your life and increase the probability of achieving something extraordinary. Awesome. What is a, what's the URL? Is there like a subheading we should go to? Just, just drdmartini.com, drdmartini.com, drdmartini.com. You, you, you'll probably find me easily on the, on the typing in dmartini. D-E-M-A-R-T-I-N. You'll, you'll, it'll take me, take you there. I'm sure. Great. So you mentioned toward the end of that about just ex- kind of, if I'm inferring correctly, kind of accepting what our values are rather than saying, if I'm going to figure out what my values are, but I think they should be different. Like I want to focus on this particular aspect more. Can we, or should we even try to control those values and drive them in a particular direction? Or should we accept that, you know, what's already 
in us. In well, us. you have two choices. I've been studying values and teaching values for 43 years. And uh, this is this is the biggest issue that people face in their life, whether they realize it or not. Many people don't know what they really value. I, I, I uh, was speaking in Johannesburg with Richard Branson uh, at a conference on wealth building. And I asked people, I, I came up on stage and there's about 5,000 people. And I said, okay, how many of you want to be financially independent? Well, everybody put their hands up, some two hands, some their legs up in the air. Okay? <laughs> they also want to be wealthy. And I, I said, great. I said, um, fantastic. Now, the question number two is, how many of you are financially independent? Your passive income exceeds your active income. All the hands went down just about. There's a handful of people that had their hands up. I said, well, that's interesting. That means you're wanting to be that, but you're not that. Now, let me explain to you something. 1% of the population have been financially independent. The rest of them aren't. So there's a lot of people that fantasize about it, but then if they don't have the values that will lead them to it, they're not going to do the actions that will get the outcome. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pull out a piece of paper. They all pulled out a piece of paper. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. I'm going to hand you 10 million US dollars. And I'm going to ask you a very simple question. What are the 10 things you will do in the next 60 seconds with that $10 million? And you got 60 seconds to write down the 10 things you're going to do. And once you get that $10 million on your mark, get set, go. And they quickly rushed and wrote the 10 things they would do with that money. I said, good, 60 seconds is up. Turn it to the person next to you. Now calculate from the individual that just handed you that list, how much of those assets are left to actually that actually produce income. And it was astonishing. Only out of the entire room, it ranged between 20 and 80% of the assets were already gone. <laughs> they bought cars, they bought houses, they bought all the depreciable things, their trips, clothes, iPhones. They bought everything that would depreciate in value. And they didn't understand that unless you buy things that go up in value, you're not going to get financial independent. And it was, a, I said, what you say you want, you say you want to be financial independent. No, you don't. You want the lifestyle, the rich and famous. You want immediate gratification. You want to buy consumables to depreciate in value. And that's why you're where you are. So the first step is got to be grounded and got to be real about who you are and what your real commitment is and quit lying to yourself about fantasies because you're going to self-depreciate because anytime you compare your life to a fantasy, you depreciate and feel depressed. So let's get real now. Once we then do the value determination and find out where finances are on there, wealth building is on there, it may be number 10 on the list or eight or six. Once we do that, if we would like to change those hierarchy of values, they can be changed because your hierarchy of values will be changing based on the events in your life. And they will be, and if you stack up enough advantages on a value, it will go up. But you don't do it based on the value. You do it on the action steps that are proven to give results in the fulfillment of that value. So if you take the most common action steps of the wealthiest people and you write down what those action steps are and you write down what are the advantages to you by doing those and the advantages to your current highest values by doing those, you increase the probability of those values going up on your hierarchy of values and increase the probability of noticing opportunities, taking advantage of them and acting accordingly because you spontaneously act according to what you value most. So if you don't have enough reason, a big enough reason, a big enough why to go build wealth, you're not going to. So that's an essential component to, to you because if you set a goal that's not aligned with your values, you're going to self-depreciate. But if you then change your values to match the goals or acknowledge what your values are and set goals that are congruent with it, you have two options. Nothing stagnant. You can change it and go do either way. But don't set goals that are incongruent with your values where you want to self-defeat. Wow. So you mentioned uh, one 
uh, one of the things you mentioned a little bit earlier was gratitude journaling at the end of the day. And to be honest with you, that's something that I've, I don't want to say struggled with. Maybe I, I didn't have, I didn't put high enough value in it at the time when I was working on it. But to be honest, I felt a little silly. There were a few days in a row where I would write the same things and I still meant it. I still was still grateful for the exact same things or top couple of things. But after I did that a few times, I was like, should I be trying to think of new things? I don't know. So how can we, you know, learn to gratitude journal? What's the, maybe the best way to do it? What, what would you recommend? Well, if you're doing the highest priority actions on a daily basis, the executive center is also called the gratitude center in neurology. So you automatically see things on the way, not in the way when you're in that mode. You also are productive and you end up getting a lot done in a day because you're living by priority. And so there's a vast list that you can start to accumulate on things you're grateful for in a day. I just call it, had the opportunity to do this. You're on the list, had the opportunity to, to be you know, interviewed by Tether. Automatically, it's on the list. That's a gratitude. Uh, had the opportunity to do something in India this morning. I've got another program coming on a conference. The, anything that I get to do in a day whether it be meetings or whether it be doing things or researching or writing an article or learning something or anything that I get to do, I write it down because gratitude is the key that opens up the gateway of the heart. And inside the heart is, I call it love. And love window washes the mind and brings inspiration to the mind and enthusiasm to the body and more certainty and presence to the action and increases the probability of achieving what it is that inspires you. And you end up magnetizing people, places, things, ideas, and events in your life that synchronize with what your focus is. And so there's a momentum building power of gratitude. And so you don't do it because you have to, you do it because you feel it. And if you're not feeling it, it's because you're not living by priority. It's a spontaneous emergence inside the human psyche. The second you're living by priority and you're feeling grateful for the fulfillment of what's meaningful. Wow. I, I really like how you, if you will, kind of reframed it too, in terms of being grateful for certain opportunities because it helps you start to look for more opportunities, which is such a big aspect of this is being able to recognize opportunities. And uh, I, I get a, I get a, I have so many opportunities uh, that come into my life. I'm, I'm just mind blown by the opportunities. I filmed two movies the day before yesterday, uh, another documentary. Uh, I did again last year. I got to do one with Stephen Hawking. I, I mean, I get opportunities every single day and I'm a firm believer that's because you, when you're grateful for what you got, you get more to be grateful for and more and more amazing opportunities. I mean, phenomenal opportunities come in daily. And uh, so th I'm a firm believer that if you, if you want an inspired life, there are certain actions that have proven to work and all you have to do is live them. And one of them is uh, prioritizing, delegating. To, you, you don't want to be doing delegations, uh, doing things that you can delegate. Because anytime you're doing things that are low on your values, you're going to self-depreciate. I delegate everything. I haven't driven a car in 30 plus years. <laughs> I haven't done cooking since I was 24. You know, I, I, people joke. I say, you're such a delegator. You, you know, do you de delegate even sex? And I said, I delegate. I, I tell my girlfriend, I tell my girlfriend, I said, listen, if I got you Hugh Jackman or Brad Pitt or Gerard Butler or George <laughs> to make love with you on my behalf, would you still love me? They always say, I'd love you even more. So I, I have no problem delegating. <laughs> I'm, that's a joke. But I'm, I, I'm a firm believer that if you don't delegate, you're trapped. Alec McKinsey in his time trap showed about that. And I learned that at 27 and I never went back. And so I don't do things other than what inspire me on a daily basis. And that gives you lots to be grateful for. Wow. I love that. And I love everything so far. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. 
Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called ground floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Doc, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Certainly. All right, great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Probably the most significant investment I ever did is I created what I call the forced accelerated investment technique, where I made a commitment to buy assets and increase the amount that I committed to 10% every quarter. So that meant whatever I started with, uh, I just kept increasing it. So if I'm saving a thousand or investing a thousand, I'm making it 1100 in a quarter, and then I'm making it 1,210 the next quarter. And I'm just, and I increased until it was well over $100,000 a month going into investments. And that accelerated system drew more demand for my services. It was unbelievable. Uh, when you basically declare it, there's a law called entropy. And if you don't fill your day with high priority actions that inspire you, your day fills up in low priority distractions that don't. And if you don't put your money into high priority assets, it ends up getting consumed by depreciables and unexpected bills. So I just kept accelerating the purchase of assets, regardless of what the world on the outside was fluctuating. And said, I made a commitment to do that. Now let me go serve to meet those needs. And that demand went up for my services as I put a demand on myself for the investments. So that was the best, greatest investment I ever did. I just kept buying assets. And that could be in, that was initially stocks, but it also became properties and, and, and real estate and things. But I just kept buying assets. And once I learned what a real asset was, it's something that puts money in your pocket. I put my money on things that grew. And I just kept accelerating it and kept doing more and more of it. And I, I can tell you that that built momentum and it and it drew in more opportunities for my my life. That uh, So that's probably the best investment I ever made is the accelerated investment technique that I made up that I started to do when I was 27. Nice. Awesome. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Uh, well, I think the worst investment is in time. Anytime you're doing anything other than what inspires you, what's meaningful, you're devaluing yourself, devaluing your time, devaluing your company, devaluing your greatest asset, which is your own being. So I don't waste my time on low priority stuff. 
I also, when I'm in that mode, you tend to go into your amygdala. Your amygdala tends to want to avoid pain and seek pleasure, avoid predator, seek prey. It goes into immediate gratification instead of long-term vision, which is the forebrain. And that usually makes you do foolish, subjectively biased, skewed decisions when it comes to money. And so I don't waste my time. I make sure I stay to priority and um, not get gullible to immediate gratifying financial objectives. I, I think of the mean, I think of what the real numbers are, and I keep objective and I keep methodical and patient and focused on long-term. But the unwise thing is doing low priority things. It puts you in your amygdala and amygdalas don't make you wealthy. <laughs> well, I love all the psychology and science you're applying here. And my favorite question here at the end of the show is, what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Yeah, the greatest one, I think, is sometimes in our life, we've had moments where we've exaggerated and puffed ourselves up and allowed ourselves to get uh, greater than we are. And that pride initiates a narcissistic assumption that you know better than your customer, know better than your employees, and you tend to project onto them what you think the world needs. And that eventually humbles you, pride before the fall. Or you minimize yourself and uh, feel insecure and, in, you know, you have anarchy in your, your teams and you end up having a, a sacrifice of your profits for your customer. And that eventually makes you angry enough to stand up and say, I deserve more than that. And that's, those are two mechanisms that are feedback mechanisms to get you authentic. So I learned that, that the wisest thing to do is to shoot for sustainable, fair exchange where you have equanimity within yourself, not pride or shame because those are inauthentic. And real authentic presence and dedicated to serving people authentically according to what they value most, their dominant buying motives, and have sustainable fair exchange. Sustainable fair exchange and equanimity within you and equity between you and your customer is the greatest tool that will create the greatest sustainability as a business that will build momentum and a brand. Wow. I love all of that. Well, Dr. John Martini, thank you for joining us today. Bring us all these awesome lessons. If folks want to reach out, they want to find your, your website, any of your content, anything like that, where can they track you down? Well, I've mentioned it, and that's simply drdmartini.com. They can go to determine your values on there, or they can just go and spend the rest of their life watching videos, uh, seeing thousands of interviews and, and newspapers and magazines. And, you know, there's just, a, there's a, it's an educational website. You can keep yourself busy for entrepreneurs that want to do something extraordinary with their life and on human behavior and mastering their life. It, that's the best thing to do, just drdmartini.com. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That's very much appreciated. That help, helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that helps me feel good because I get to see you guys are engaging with the content and escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.